0: Divorce dialogues. I'm Catherine Miller. I'm the founder at the Miller Law Group and director and trainer at the Center for Understanding and Conflict. And I am on a mission to change how people divorce and help them divorce with dignity. And my guest today is Bernadette Purcell. She's a licensed clinical social worker and she's been in private practice since 2008. She's the founder of Sure Behavioral Health in New Jersey. Bernadette helps patients with anxiety disorders enjoy more fulfilling lives and she also helps individuals and couples through all phases of divorce and Bernadette is the author of Divorced as F and Seven Spiritual Steps. Bernadette Purcell, welcome to Divorce Dialogues. It's a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: And I love your specialty of working with people with anxiety. As listeners to the show may recall, I'm fond of saying because it's true that I was in my forties before I realized that anxiety wasn't going to kill me. And <laughs> it's such an unpleasant feeling. And, and yeah. so, you know, before we get into the book and all of that sort of stuff, you know, why is it that anxiety is so difficult and, and, and really what is it?
1: What is it? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think what is it is a really important part of learning how to cope with it. So having a real understanding of where it's coming from. And my understanding is that anxiety comes from thoughts about the future. So when we, when our brains are focused on thoughts about the past, we tend to feel more depressed. When our brains are focused or worried on thoughts about the future, we tend to feel anxiety and anxiety likes to build on anxiety. The more we worry, the more we want to fix the things that we're worried about in the future. So then it becomes, you know, we're trying to worry about worrying. And what I always say is the antidote to being focused on the future is to be present-minded, is to bring yourself back to a center, bring yourself back to the present moment. And the way that I always do that is through your senses, your five senses, I think is a great way to bring yourself back into the present moment, to think about what you're seeing, what you're touching, what you're smelling. I think that's a really great way to bring yourself back and I think that anxiety has a very large umbrella, you know, there's many things that fall under the umbrella of anxiety. And so I think because of that, it can bleed into so many things. And to have something that you know you can use at any time, there's any moment you can bring yourself back to the present moment with one breath. I can do it right now, you know.
0: Yeah, I think that's really, it's super helpful because, you know, there's a lot that's been written about the difference, for for example, between guilt and shame, right? And and I think that the difference between worry and anxiety is a little, it's kind of similar to that, right? Because worry is not necessarily bad, but anxiety is not good. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit about like, what's the difference between worry and anxiety?
1: So I would say that worry is a part of anxiety and I think that the biggest difference, if you needed to have something to sort of ground yourself in what is worry, worry typically doesn't end, it doesn't have an end point. It's when you find your thoughts become more and more repetitious. You keep thinking about the same thing and it's not going anywhere, whereas problem solving is when you think about something for the future and you come up with a solution, there's an end point. So I think if you wanted to really ascertain the difference between what is worry, what is anxiety, it's knowing when your thoughts are not stopping and it's not serving you in any way. It's actually taking part of your mental energy and it's not utilizing it in a productive way. Whereas problem solving, you feel like you did something, you're good, and now you can move on.
0: So worrying for worrying's sake as opposed yeah. to worrying in order to solve a problem. Exactly. All right. So what inspired you to write this book, Divorce is and Where'd you get up, come up with that title?
1: Well, it was actually, I was looking for a book for a friend. I was going through a divorce myself, you know, and I was in the trenches and I knew it was hard and I was using so many of my therapeutic coping mechanisms that I talk about every day as part of my profession. I was utilizing them so much and I just thought my friend could really use all of these tools that I know because I use them every day. She could really use them. So I go into the bookstore and I was looking all over for a book that I could give her that could sort of surmise all these things that I was doing, but I was kind of specific about what I was looking for. I was like, I want it to be a therapeutic book, but I also want it to be spiritual. And I also want it to be kind of funny. I want it to be uplifting. I want it to have a story, like a a fun narrative that you can really, you know, turn the pages. So after looking at book after book and being so specific about what I wanted, eventually I was like, you know what? I cannot find this book. And then it hit me like a lightning bolt. I was like, oh my God, if I want this book to exist, I have to write it. And so that day I sat down on my computer, I started writing and the words just wouldn't stop.
0: That's great. I wish yeah. for, for any author out there listening, that, that sounds very enviable. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I loved the writing process. I really just had so much to say. I felt like I was getting inspiration from so many sources, both living and gone, you know, gurus that have been here, you know, that were here hundreds of years ago. And my friends and family, I was just getting so much of it. And I just wanted to funnel it into a piece of writing that was relatable. And the thought of punting it to another time in my life that might have been, you know, a little easier when I wasn't actually going through. It, maybe ten years from now, it should, that didn't work for me either because I knew it had to be raw. It's like I have to write this now while I'm going through it, so that a it's relatable, it's taught, and it has a message that is genuine. So
0: you, there, I know that that seven there are seven spiritual steps in the book. Can you Correct. talk? A little bit about what that means, and what do, what does spirituality, you know, mean to you? Is it religious? Is it, you know, what what does that actually mean for, for our listeners?
1: Yeah, that is such a good question. So spirituality means to me, learning something, downloading it, and then living it. That's what spirituality means to me. To Hear something that resonates with you, whether it's a quote on the wall, or you read a book about somebody who used to be here and had a lot to say, and it just really resonates with you. And it resonates so much that it becomes a part of your living, breathing world. That to me is spirituality. And I know that so many people have different spirit, have different definitions of spirituality, and I would love to hear all of them, but that is mine. And I came up with seven. Literally, because I threw them on the floor, I printed out all of my chapters and I threw them on the floor and they all just sort of coalesced into seven distinct steps. And I said, there they are. They're right there in front of me. All of my writing was in seven steps and it just worked perfectly. And I added the divorces F part because I just wanted it to have a punch.
0: I want to have you talk a little bit about what some of the seven s- steps are, but before I do that, I want to remind people that you're listening to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller, and we're here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to 5.30, or perhaps you're listening on a podcast, Divorce Dialogues, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm talking today with Bernadette Purcell, who's a licensed clinical social worker based in New Jersey, and the author is Divorce as F in seven spiritual steps. So Bernadette Purcell, tell us about some of those spiritual steps. You know, what are they and and how can they help?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So they really go through the divorce process in a practical way. And to give you just two, I wanted to pick out two that I could speak about, you know, succinctly, because we don't have all day, you know, to, to go through everything in the book. But there was one, it's in chapter two. It's called Waves of Emotion and it's called Surrender. And I think surrender is a really important part of the, your processing what's happening with the divorce, because in order to surrender, you need to admit that this is happening. It is not going anywhere where you're not bargaining anymore. You're not trying to change what is. It really just is settling into what is, and that includes the emotions, understanding and really living the emotions, the changes, even the disillusionment, and using that surrender to focus on your next right step. So you know how before we were talking about worry and the difference between worry and problem solving? If, when you bring yourself back to the present moment, instead of worrying, you look around you, you say, okay, I'm here, I'm living in this moment, and this moment is way more palatable than any moment I'm trying to solve in the future, but yet at the same time, there's a lot that needs to be done when you're going through the divorce process. You know, There's a lawyer that needs to be called, there might be a house that needs to be sold, there's so many things that come along with this big monumental change in your life. And so if when you bring yourself back to the present moment, instead of trying to take on all of those actions that you know are out there, you know need to be done, you can't possibly do all of them, to just bring yourself back to singularity and focus on the next right step, that way you can be present-minded while also being action-oriented.
0: You know, I think that's really useful information. I mean, first of all, just the word surrender to the fact that this is happening and that you're dealing with the people you're dealing with. Because yeah. so often from, from my experience, and I don't know what yours is personally and professionally, because I'm also divorced and I, you know, I, I, I often use my own personal experience on the show and in the, in my work is that, you know, I, I think that people, when they might decide to divorce, then somehow or other expect their spouse to act in a different way than they acted when they were married, which of course doesn't happen. They just act more the way they acted that drove you nuts, you know, when it That's wasn't true. working. And, and so it's just like, okay, well, we still have to accept that. We still have to accept that this is the person we're divorcing. This is That's the situation true. that we're dealing with. There's still not enough money. The kids still have problems in school or, or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. then it, it's a, it's just a, a, a matter of sort of figuring out what to do next. And another thing is that people often worry. And I think this, is we're going to talk a little bit more about anxiety a little later in the show, but my experience with my clients is they come in and they go, well, what about this and, this and this and this and this and the other thing? And I'm like, listen, we can only think about one thing at a time. So let's start with the first thing. Let's make a list of all those things because we're going to get to all those things, but we can only do one thing at a time. So let's start at the beginning. And we, when we get to the end, we're going to come back to the beginning and make sure it still all works. But yeah. we can only do one thing at a time. Does that make that. sense to
1: you? Yeah, I love that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah and And what do you think about this idea about you know hoping that things will somehow magically change just because we've now decided to get divorced?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's how's that working for you? You know is is the question? It's like things they typically don't. you know, so I think the divorce process is really all about acceptance. You know, I think I think if if you are hoping for things to magically change, I think that falls to a place of resistance resisting what is. And I, I haven't heard of a situation where that does anyone any good. But surrendering to it and accepting that this is what it is and it's not going to change, you know, it's not going to magically disappear, I think could only help you because once you start that, down that line of thinking, that's when you start doing those actionable things that are actually going to make you feel better.
0: Right. Yes. Tell us about another one of the spiritual steps.
1: All right, so I have another one. This one's from Chapter 6, which is called Drop Your Ego. And it's something that I call the intervention fallacy. And the intervention fallacy, as I described it in the book, is when you start doing something, be it meditation, behavior modification, something that is actually helping you. You know, I started meditating for 10 minutes a day and I found it to be so great. And I found it to be so great. In fact, that I was like, I don't need this anymore. You know, who needs this intervention? And for so many people, it's so different. But the intervention fallacy is when you start to, you know, coast, you start to think, okay, the the things that I've been doing to really manage the anxiety or manage the stress, it's it's working so well that I don't need it anymore. And What I described in the book is that the way to sort of keep that at bay is to understand that whatever intervention that you put into place needs to stay in place and that the weeds really do just grow. You know, sometimes you can weed a garden and make it look absolutely beautiful, but if you don't continue to tend to the garden. The weeds will just grow. And it's the same thing with our own behavior modifications or stress management or anxiety management. When we do a whole lot in the beginning to make ourselves feel better, we need to make sure that we keep the intervention going so that the weeds don't grow.
0: Yeah. I think what you're saying is that once people start to feel better, they stop doing the things that are making them feel better. Exactly. And, and because they feel like they don't need it anymore because they feel better, but that that is a fallacy. And yeah meaning it's a, it's it's a lie and so it's those things that are making you feel better and so you need to keep doing them or something in order to maintain your own sanity
1: absolutely yeah yeah because none of this stuff is easy You know, it it, it takes work, it takes, you know, we we always say in my therapeutic practice, you have to do the work. You know, I often give homework and things like that because it is important to know that we're not gonna be able to manage our stress or anxiety or these things that are difficult if we don't do the work.
0: And, you know, I know that therapists often don't like to talk about their own personal experience, but in your, in your experience of going through your own divorce and working with your friend and, and other people, do you find that it's all seven of these, these steps that are in your book that are really important to do? Or is there some, like pick something, start somewhere and, and go from there?
1: Yeah, I think, I think starting somewhere is the most important thing. As I said, when I decided to write the book and I had to just begin, I had to just put my fingers on the keyboard and just begin typing. So I think anywhere that you can begin is so, is, it's monumental, you know, even if it's just one breath. If that's where you're at and that's what you want to do, if you want to, you know, somebody said to me, Bernadette, all I got is one breath. <laughs> that's all I'm going to give you today. That's all the therapy, therapy that I can put towards this. I would say that is phenomenal. You took a step. It doesn't matter how big that step is. That's right. So with this book, yep, if you did all, you know, read the book and did all seven of the steps, I think that's great. But if you just did one, even if the only thing you did was pick up the book and hold it. I mean, that's something, that's a step, you know, I, I hold it and it helps me feel better. I, you know, like you said, with the breath, it's sometimes that's, that's all I got. I'm going to take a deep breath and see where that lands me. And then after that, I'm going to take my next right step.
0: Yeah. Because the anxiety is, can be so overwhelming and it can be so isolating, right? Yes. And and so I, I think that it's really helpful for my clients to, have a path, a place to go, something to do that's going to help with that. And sometimes it's helpful to get some actual homework in the divorce process itself. You know, you need to do things and that feels like, okay. And, and this is true. It feels like it because it's true. Like I need to put together my, my expenses or I need to gather my assets and my liabilities or I need to get an appraisal on the house. I mean, these things can be actually relieving of anxiety because you're doing something to move forward, but it can also feel like a tsunami of tasks. And, you know, it's really hard to, to get a start on that. But so to have some way to manage your own anxiety and your own feelings and, so that you can do what you need to do to help yourself is really a really useful step to take.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because there are so many things that need to be done. But like you said, if you, if you do them one at a time, they are a lot more manageable.
0: I'm Katherine Miller and you're listening to Divorce Dialogues. We're available as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also here on WVOX 1460 AM every other Wednesday from 5 to five thirty. and I'm talking today with Bernadette Purcell, the author of is F and Seven Spiritual Steps and Bernadette if people want to learn more about you or about the book how can they do that?
1: They can do that by going to my website, shorebehavioralhealth.net. They can find a link to my book and to, and that is my therapeutic practice.
0: Great. So let's come back to anxiety and divorce, and and talk a little bit about how anxiety does impact the divorce process.
1: It really does. So I think that anxiety impacts the divorce process because as we were saying before, anxiety comes from a place of thinking about the future and worrying about the future. So divorce is basically telling you your future is going to change. Those thoughts that you had, those expectations that you had for going forward, they are going to be very different. And I'm going to say this one, and this is this is this is tough, this is meaty. I think to to hold on to, but it's important. And that is becoming comfortable with uncertainty. So, in order to manage anxiety, especially anxiety that has to do with divorce, becoming comfortable. With the uncertainty of the future, where am I going to, you might have to change your job. You might have to change where you live. You're going to have to change your schedule. If you have kids, that's all going to change. So knowing that there is a ton of uncertainty out there and becoming comfortable with that is a huge step in managing anxiety, especially in the divorce process. And one of the big, biggest parts of becoming comfortable with uncertainty is realizing that you never had certainty it was never really there to begin with all of us that think that you know we have this expectation of how things are going to be in the future we never really had it you know because things can change on a dime always we don't know we don't know tomorrow we don't know how things are going to shape up we can predict we can hope and we can plan for things, but you never know, you know, the pandemic, I think taught us a big, you know, like none of us saw that one coming and then bam, we all had to adjust to a ton of changes. So we never really had certainty there. So becoming comfortable with uncertainty is knowing that you never really had certainty. So I think that is a huge step in the divorce process. I think that's Easier
0: said than done. I think that, <laughs> sure. you know, when you say, when you realize that we never really had certainty, we, just the illusion of the, of certainty, yeah. it, It's I think that that is helpful, but it, it can also be really hard to do that. And so Bernadette Purcell, how do you recommend or advise people as to how to do that or what steps can they take?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, In order to become comfortable with uncertainty, with knowing that your future is changing, is to really go back to where is that anxiety coming from and how to manage it. And where are your thoughts? And actually visualizing your thoughts and seeing them as exactly what they are. It's almost like meta thinking, thinking about thinking. So seeing your thoughts and saying, okay, is this thought doing me any good right now? Is this thought just worry? is this thought productive and if not then i'm going to let it come in i'm not going to push it away i'm going to let this thought come in i'm going to watch it float by and i'm going to watch it leave and then i'm going to focus on something else i think all of these things having a couple of tools in your i call it your toolbox where when those thoughts come in, the anxiety comes in, you can use different tools for different situations. So it could be deep breathing, it could be medication, it could be going to therapy, it could be cognitive reframing, where we just take those thoughts and we shift them a little bit. You know, instead of thinking that, you know, things are, are so scary in the future, it's I'm just going to think that this day, this moment, this minute is not scary. So I'm just going to focus on that one. So there are so many tools that you can use. And I would say to be really aware of the tools that you have, the ones that are working for you, and then take out the ones that you need as each situation presents itself.
0: So if there's somebody here listening to the show right now who's thinking, wow, you know, I'm facing divorce. I'm just in the beginning processes of it. I'm so scared and anxious about what the future holds. What do you say to that person? What should they do first?
1: I would say to go into your center. So there's an image, if you don't mind, of just a minute to give you an image of a stormy sea. If you were to look at a really stormy sea, there's the surface of the waves. There's a lot crashing. There's a lot going on up at the surface. In any storm like that, if you were to dive down deep, 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 deep into the ocean, the deeper you go into that ocean, the more still it's going to be. So my recommendation for that listener would be, To acknowledge, yes, things are stormy right now. It's really hard. I've been through it. I know how hard it is. And I would never belittle that or say it's not stormy because it absolutely is. But the first thing that you can do is go down deep into your center, into your breath, into a quiet space, and literally visualize that stormy sea and going down, down into the ocean to the place where it is still. And from that stillness is where you're going to find your path. It's where you're going to find that way to move forward.
0: And from an emotional perspective, what is that stillness? Is it our core selves? Is it some kind of authentic being? What is in that place when you're finding that still place?
1: That still place for me is the breath. I think it's going to be different for everyone, but for some people, it's just sitting in quietude. For some people, it's listening to music. For some, you know, having your favorite song that you can play at any moment. It's, it's something that you know helps you feel like yourself. And so
0: going back to that person who's thinking about divorce or in the first stages of it and, and who's feeling very anxious... From a practical perspective, to set herself up or himself up emotionally to get through the divorce process, what do you think is the best way to do
1: that? I mean, I'm biased. I would certainly say to to call a therapist, (laughs) you know, of course, that's, you know, that's that's the tool that I'm going to see. But I would say number one is gather your resources. Gather your resources is so important because we all have them. We have a friend we can call. We have a book we can read. We have a therapist we can call. There are people standing by right now, ready, ready and willing to help you. And I would say to call on one of them.
0: Yeah, I think it's really important to get your to kind of figure out who's who's in your camp and and to take advantage of those things. Thank you so much, Bernadette Purcell, for being my guest on Divorce Dialogues. It's really been a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: And people should read your book, Divorce is F in Seven Spiritual Steps. Absolutely. Thank you.
1: Thank you.